Hey there, welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. It's John Stamos. Okay, it's not John Stamos. Why would it be John Stamos? It's me, Brent. Like, it is every week, but I'm. if John's listening, hey, come and guest host the show. Patreon.com slash Brent Comedy, five bucks a month. It's how you can support the cause. Early access to the Field Trip and uh, all the other stuff that I do, uh, exclusive videos, podcast patreon.com slash brent comedy what on flat earth.com is how you can get my brand new comedy special and if you're listening to the field trip which i know you are go back and listen to the the archives bunch of episodes over 100 of them in fact uh famous last words famous last meals Daytime TV staples. We're talking about Judge Judy, Maury Povich, and R.I.P. Jerry Springer. Late night TV staples. Uh, People who sold their souls. That's one of my favorite episodes. Urban legends from every state. That's a three-parter right there. They're all in the archives. Over 100 episodes. All free. Now let's talk about Henry Hill. It's the Field Trip Podcast with Brent. Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. Uh, this episode, my guest is Isaac Landfort. Hey, Brent. Good to talk to you. This is, a, for you, dear listeners, a follow-up to our Goodfellas episode that you heard last week. This is more of a deep dive into the man known as Henry Hill. And uh, if you'd like to follow along to this documentary that we're going to watch, or we've already watched, but if you want to uh, also tune into it, it's a it's a quick 47 minute documentary on YouTube. It's called The Real Good Fella Henry Hill Documentary 2006. And all I did really was type in Henry Hill documentary. It's also down below in the show notes. If you want to reference this, it's not necessary, but that's what we're talking about. Uh, Isaac, we watched uh, last week Goodfellas, and now we're we're watching this documentary. Did you have any uh, initial thoughts? On this um my initial thought was oh man i wish that i know what happened since 2006 <laughs> yeah because it's been a while and like my my first initial thought just watching this for 10 minutes is that henry hill the real man is incapable of speaking without saying the f word every four oh, God, words yeah yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was and that's not an it. exaggeration. It's really like he'll be like, and then they fucking came and they fucking hit me in the fucking like, and you're like, I'm no prude, but this just seems like a lot. I had subtitles on. Uh, I don't remember why. I think I was probably doing laundry and I have a small apartment, mm-hmm. and it was just like so much of what he was saying was blanked out on the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I love that there. It's like it's basically forty, however many minutes, just to like let you know that he's still a drug addict. <laughs> it's we. There was a moment. I don't know if you were like watching closely to this documentary while it was playing, but there's a moment where he doesn't have his teeth in. Did you yes, see that? I, yeah, I was definitely going to mention this at some point. I noticed it towards the end. I it's think like, that's where I it guess, came in. Yeah, is in his talking head stuff. He had teeth. Yeah. And then like he had teeth getting out of jail and it, like whatever. But then when he was just like hanging out at the bar. Yeah. No. T- and it's yeah. like, it's really weird. And I, cause I thought it was like, man, they shot some of the stuff and then waited years to shoot the rest of it because with no teeth in your head makes mm-hmm. you age so much. Yeah. Just structurally, really you just look. You can tell when somebody doesn't have teeth, but yeah. he looked, he he went from like, I don't know, a, a six to a three just with no teeth. But then it would cut back to whether he would have teeth again. Yeah, it, it's because it gives you a mummy mouth. You yeah. <laughs> yep. 
And I said uh, on the the last episode that he he looks like Hoggle from the movie Labyrinth is what Henry Hill looks like. <laughs> anyway, he's he yeah. not an attractive man. Because uh, and, what's his face in the movie is like a, a, a big improvement. Yeah. Uh, Ray Liotta yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I, and look. I'm not. I'm not the best looking guy either. But when you, no. when you see teeth and no teeth, goddamn. I'll I'll cat I'll throw stones. I don't care if my house crumbles. You know, like that's fine. <laughs> but he is he's a little goblin, and it's so funny. Can you imagine like you go to your your local dive bar, and then like one night you're drinking with the cook because I guess that's he's a cook at a, a Italian. They call it an Italian restaurant. Definitely looked like a sports bar. It looked like me. there were dart boards and sh- it looked like I, I had <laughs> yeah. done a show there at, at previously. Yes, and they did not turn off the TVs. Nothing. I I was dodging the darts <laughs> while I was performing. <laughs> but like they have a mechanical bull night. if they had the budget, you know. Like <laughs> uh, spaghetti and bowl night. Yeah, big buck hunter, but it does not work. <laughs> they got the punching machine, but somebody got mad at it and shot it or something. <laughs> but you're drinking. And then you're just like, yeah, so, oh, that actually, you're not from here, are you? And he's like, oh, no, actually, I, I'm that guy from Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's me. I, I'll sell you the book that, like, it, it, it's just, it was bizarre because he's just like a normal guy now, as much as you can be, like, a, working at a bar and, and being a cook and then just hanging out with, with people. And even, like, yeah. it'll cut to, like, a a female friend and they'll be like, Could, he was traveling with drugs in a suitcase. How dumb can you be? And they're like this, you're his friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's the, his boss is like, you can rely on Henry for anything unless he's drinking. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've, I've met a lot of cooks in my day. A lot of like, I've worked in the service industry and there's a lot. It's like, man, yeah. this guy's great, but don't let him get into the hooch. And that's what he calls yeah. it, by the way, is hooch. It's, it seems like the guy that has a flask. There's a certain type of person that just has oh, a yeah. flask on him. Yeah. Well, the type of person who can't make it through any setting without having alcohol. Yeah. The guy that's always like, this calls for a drink. Well, what? Tell me what doesn't call for a drink. I cannot imagine. I mean, we see stories all the time about people who like had like high levels of notoriety and mm-hmm. money and fame and then it goes away and you know and it's sad it's different in this scenario because this is a guy who all that money was through nefarious acts and terrible things yeah it's, so this it's is, weird to like have a sympathetic character out of this it, because it's like he at least beat the shit out of people minimum because that's what he said yeah and and yeah. then like, what else did he? I don't. Did he admit to killing people in this documentary? No, I think that they. It's try. It's been maintained that there's no like proof of any murder connected to Henry Hill. Mm-hmm. But because he was, there was, was an accomplice. I guess he witnessed shit. Yeah. Well, it's you know, and it's amazing. Uh, this documentary. When you, if you watch the documentary or you, and you know, Goodfellas, you rewatch Goodfellas, how much of in the documentary is pretty much what happened in the movie, mm-hmm. which is based on the book by Nicholas Pileggi. But it's like, it's, it's pretty good. You're like, wow, this wasn't really exaggerated. This is really how no. it happened. Yeah. In fact, it's like they softened a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. We're there. Yeah. We had to tone down Joe Pesci because. <laughs> or, or Paulie, it's like, yeah. And even this documentary, if you, if you're not gonna follow along, there's like Edward McDonald was the witness protection agent in the movie, and I was like, this mm-hmm. guy looks familiar because they just took the real agent from real yeah. life and put him in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm guessing that you, when you're making a film. You're like, well, they not all of these guys can just be psycho murderers constantly. 
So mm-hmm. let's have let's like emphasize Joe Pesci being crazy and soften these other guys a little bit. And then it also makes when like De Niro's turning on him like a more dramatic because it's like, oh, he's he's also evil. I thought he was my friend and he's but if he was just a lunatic the whole time, I could see how that wouldn't play as well. You got to have some likability, I guess, if you're trying to endear us to the story, you know, because even in that Florida, there's a moment where they go to Florida, him and Jimmy. Uh, and they mm-hmm. they they trying to get some money out of a guy that beat the shit out of him. And it, so here's what Henry said. He's like, we pulled him out of the bar and we beat the shit out of him, pistol whipped him, slapped the shit out of him. Then it cuts to the special attorney, Doug uh, uh, Bim, I guess. And they go, uh, he goes, they chained him behind a car and dragged him. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> what Henry said, yeah, we him beat up a little the bit. shit out of him. And then he's like, yeah, they dragged them behind a car. You know, like, they lynched God, him. Damn. Yeah. Like it's so it's like, is that mafia speak of, ah, we beat the shit and we roughed them up a little bit. And then you're like, what does that actually mean? You know, because you're admitting yeah. to it, but how, yeah. How honest are you actually? Well, I think that is very common in these things too, where these guys, try to always play themselves off as being these like men of honor and that mm-hmm. they do these things. It's all business. And it's like, you don't drag somebody behind a car. Like that's, that's sadistic. Like you're doing that because you can, and you want to see what it feels like to do it. Yeah. And nobody's going to stop you. Yeah. They like, they would talk about Whitey Bulger would mm-hmm. like torture and kill a guy and then go upstairs and take a nap. <laughs> Just because it was like he was like so relieved. I, I read a profile on Whitey Bulger a while back where they were basically saying that the the only thing that keeps Whitey Bulger from being classified as a, a serial killer is that he was motivated by money. And not just to kill for killing's sake. Yeah. Yeah. They're like they're like otherwise everything is there mm-hmm. for a serial killer. Like he got extreme satisfaction from what he was doing yeah it, he enjoyed it's like and in, in these guys in these movies where it uh, we talked last week on on the goodfellas episode where it's like oh yeah paul vario the boss paulie uh was a maniac uh, jimmy was a maniac joe pesci was a maniac it's like and it's like that like yeah i'm sure you can get a lot done when you're just willing to kill a guy <laughs> Like, of course, you've yeah. risen in the ranks. It's just you're the guy most willing to kill. Yeah. And it's all, like, so short-lived. Like, the the time spans that they are, like, on top of the world. And then it's like he's got to live the rest of his life in squalor now. What, what's funny about this documentary is that the whole pitch of the documentary, and they they say, I don't know where this originally aired, but it, but it has, like, commercial break style like yeah. intros and outros seems like a in a, a like a bbc feel it's like a it's a british guy i think uh narrating it yeah wherever it was you could say fuck for sure yeah well <laughs> because... i don't know I, you can't have uh, uh what's his face and you can't have henry hill in a documentary if you can't ha- allow him to say fuck because it's every other word but they keep saying like but the ending of Goodfellas is, is just the beginning of the story or something like this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, there's not a lot to say about from the ending no. of Goodfellas to the 2006. They keep saying that, but then they're basically like, yeah, he continued to be a piece of shit. <laughs> Here's just five, six examples. <laughs> well, it's they, you know, they, this has more of the witness protection type stuff. Uh, yeah. in the documentary because he goes into witness protection and uh, w- wouldn't you know it you're self-destructive you're addicted to drugs and booze because uh they're they're looking for you uh jimmy put a multi-million dollar hit on henry's head so from jail yeah. so it's like you got yeah. not only are you trying to stay alive you're trying to keep your wife alive you're trying to keep your two kids alive uh yeah i i would probably want to be drunk a little bit you know yeah, and then evidently by 2006 it doesn't matter anymore, and you can just make documentaries and show the sports bar that you work at. It's yeah, we've talked about this on and <laughs> off, Mike. Where it's just like people will will 
are you Jimmy the Bull? Uh, what's it? Uh, Sammy? Yeah, Sammy, Sammy the Bull. The yeah. bull where it's like yeah. that guy has a podcast that I listen yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, and it's like how how are you not dead? How's nobody coming for you? He's like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I ratted on some people. I sold some ecstasy to some high school kids. <laughs> and then what it turns out do? he dragged him behind a car or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> it said in this documentary, yeah, he's a I don't chef in a bar in the works. Midwest. So it's like he he's yeah. somewhere close. How often do you think, like, I'm sure there's like psycho fans of this stuff that like, there's got to be people rolling into that bar and being like, "Hey, is the is the is the cook here? Can can I talk to the cook?" Surely people can find out where this guy works and they go pop in on him. When I was at the Mafia Museum, I was looking at like their wall of mug shots mm-hmm. and this guy next to me. We start making comments and then we start finding out that the other one like has like extensive knowledge and we geek the fuck out for like 15 minutes while his family and my friends waited on us outside. (laughs) And I know there's a level above us that is like going to sports bars to try to see if they can get a photo of Henry Hill Mm -hmm. with with it. And it's like that. They call it murderabilia, like somebody wants to buy John Wayne Gacy's art. Like or the the Ugh. the women that will you know I I want to marry, uh Charlie Manson like yeah those types of people where it's like man you just you just like mafia stuff but I don't want to bang Henry Hill yeah. how many times do you think Henry Hill's got laid like he just they just so happen to have Goodfellas on in the bar he's like that's me right yeah. there that's me yeah hey recognize me <laughs> that's <laughs> no. me. No, I really don't. Really me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some notes on the documentary, but I also did like a mini, mini research on Henry Hill to, All right, to, let's cut, to see because, and here's our, here are players uh, in this mini doc. Paul Vario, it's a real guy's name. He's the boss. Paul Cicero in the movie. We'll call him Paulie. Mm-hmm. We have Jimmy Burke, yep. uh, who's, yep. who's uh, James Conway in the movie. Played by De Niro. We'll just call him De Niro. Mm-hmm. Tommy DeSimone. <laughs> DeSimone. It's Joe Pesci. Uh, is Tommy DeVito in the movie. So they, they had to change it slightly. So that's why it's confusing. Uh, yeah. But at an early age, Henry's going over this cab stand across the street from his house. In uh, 1955, he's 11 years old. He he starts working at this cab stand. Uh, at Paul Vario, Polly's businesses storefront is a shoe shine pizzeria cab stand. He meets uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Burke in 1956. He's 13 years old, and it happened pretty much like it happened in the movie. He's getting people drinks at card games. Uh, kind of a waiter, and uh, he he says this is him quoting Henry Hill. He says he was saw bucking me to death. Twenty here, twenty there. He wasn't. Uh, like anyone else I'd ever met. So he'd bring him a drink. Here's 20 bucks. I only kept that in there because I like somebody that says saw bucking me to death. Yeah, that's a good term. Give me a saw buck. Uh, now, when he's 14, Henry Hill, uh, he got, he was given a highly sought after union card in the bricklayers local. So he's 14. He's Whoa. got a union card for bricklayer. Yeah. And he has a no-show job, which... I think you know what that means. If people don't know what that means, yeah, yeah. you hear it all the time in the Sopranos. No show job is you get the salary, you get the benefits for benefits from the job, but you don't have to show up to the job. You're technically yep. employed. You get the W two, but you don't have to go. Yeah. So at fourteen, he's making one hundred ninety dollars a week, uh, and and twenty twenty one dollars. That's uh, one thousand eight hundred and thirty dollars. Damn. And he, he didn't get to keep all Damn. that. He had to spread for it amongst him. the crew. But yeah, he, he's he's uh, a bricklayer technically at 14 years old. Uh, now, when How he's much six- do you have to kick up? This is something I always wondered because you you have to do, like do tribute, but I always wonder if there's like a set percentage or if it's like the amount that you kick up is like a sliding scale and it's kind of like, well, you don't want to give too much or you're like a fool but you want to give enough to where they all think you're a good earner. Yeah. I, I guess it, maybe there's a percentage. Like, it's like, you know, your manager gets 10% Isaac. 
but aging gets 15. Yeah, that's why I wondered it. Yeah. Or it's it's yeah. probably like I'm enough sure to where you don't get killed. <laughs> and what what does right. that mean? You know, it probably depends on who your crew boss is too. Because I yeah. I think greedy crew bosses might demand more or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think in the All Sopranos right, maybe it says you're only as good as your last envelope. Where yeah. it's like, all right, what have yep. you done for me lately? Type shit. Uh, yeah. When 16 years old, he, he gets arrested for trying to pay for some tires with a stolen credit card. When he's arrested, he only gives him his name. He doesn't say anything else. And that gets you a lot of respect by not being a rat. You don't rat on your friends. Is what they say in Goodfellas. Yeah. Unless just, you do. And then yeah. you're fine. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like in the mafia, <laughs> they're like, don't snitch. But then he snitched only because they were going to kill him. <laughs> like. Don't write on your friends, but also yeah. I'll kill you. I think you got to wait to snitch until you have something good enough to snitch with. Yeah, you got to have some. Yeah, it, because if you snitch and it's not even good, then now you're you're fucked two ways, with the cops and yeah. with the you, mafia. You get, it, yeah, you got to have witness protection level snitching. Yeah, you got to, and you got to be a higher up because, as we'll see. Uh, even Henry's not really higher up till he pulls this one job. It's it's when you watch a mafia thing, I'm like, I guess this guy's in the mafia. But what I always forget is like, ah, uh, he's just like, uh, he's a go get me a drink guy. He's not shit, you know. June 1960, he's 17 years old. This, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the movie touches on this at all. Henry joins the army. They didn't talk about that at all, right? No. Joins the army. He he. It's kind of deliberate. He wants to because in this documentary, he's like, he's like, I had to get out. I he's trying to. He pictures. He frames it as he's trying to get out of the mafia. His whole career. Yeah, and I I kind of call bullshit on that. Like that is probably true. It seemed to me like he was enjoying himself. Maybe he wasn't making enough money at that time or something. Yeah, because he's like, I, I, he was always trying to go straight, trying to get out. But then the the movie also just opens up with as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And it's, I, I feel like you're making a lot of money, mm -hmm. probably getting laid on the regular, you're getting drunk, you're partying, you're hanging out with friends. Who would want to leave that lifestyle? It certainly doesn't seem like Henry Hill would want to leave that <laughs> lifestyle based on everything else that we're learning about him yeah because he goes in the witness protection program and he's eventually kicked out because he's just selling drugs and maybe that's the only hustle he knew or you know it's like once you've made 20 grand selling a bag of a thing of coke it's sure hard to cook chicken wings at a bar you know yeah because that is the question too is that like when you're in witness protection i'm assuming that you, they help you get a job Maybe. I, I, I don't yeah. even know. It's like, but what he's not qualified for anything, but then I'm, they're probably not giving him money. And so it's like, now you got to provide for your family, mm -hmm. but you have no skills or anything. And you're a piece of shit and you're a drug <laughs> addict and all these things. But also you are a criminal, a violent criminal mm -hmm. and you ducked out of going to prison. So I don't know that I'm supposed to have sympathy for you either. Yeah. And it's now you like, you don't get an adrenaline rush by packing up a to go order. I no. don't, you know, like, no, there's no rush from maybe, that. Maybe if I dragged it behind the car. <laughs> yeah. We beat the <laughs> shit out of the wings. We tenderize the meat and then cut the, you pulling a bunch of meat behind the, the truck. <laughs> He's in the, he's in the army for three years, but he still keeps in contact with the mob guys. And in the army, he's doing some mob shit. He's in charge of the kitchen. He sold surplus food. He's a loan sharking, uh, pay advances to fellow soldiers. He's selling tax free cigarettes. And he before he gets discharged, he spent two months in the stockade for stealing a local sheriff's car and fighting in bars. So even in when he's like in the army. I guess trying to walk the straight and narrow. He's not really, he's doing mob shit in the army. 
Yeah. I mean, he's a great piece of shit, Henry Hill. Like he's yeah. not he's not a good guy. I wish I knew how to quit you, Mafia. <laughs> uh ni- 1965, he uh he meets Karen Friedman, who becomes Karen Hill through uh Polly. They go on a double date with uh Frankie the Wop or uh, to his restaurant uh <laughs> via Ca- uh, Capra. According to Friedman, that's that's Karen. The date was disastrous, and Hill stood her up the next dinner date. Afterward, the two began going on regular dates to the Copacabana and other nightclubs. Uh, and uh, it's also later stated in the book Gangsters and Goodfellas that Tommy, Joe Pesci's character, person, tried to rape Karen. So if you if oh. you didn't like Joe Pesci before, he's out here trying to rape Karen. Yeah, that's not cool. No. You know, how bad would it suck to have to when like the mob guys show up at your club or restaurant and you're like, oh Jesus Christ, now I gotta go kiss this guy's ass mm-hmm. and make him special tables and he's a he's a goddamn idiot. And yeah, it, I gotta hope he doesn't get mad or like his girlfriend doesn't make him mad so he slaps me while I'm bringing his <laughs> his eggplant parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> now you got egg egg palm all over my suit. And it, that's the thing of like the more mafia stuff you watch and listen, you hear people talk. It's these guys aren't necessarily intelligent. Maybe they're street smart, but I don't, I don't know that yeah. they're smart. They're more just willing to stab you, you know, like, yes. Yeah. Uh, now he, he gets out of the army and here's where we get the air France heist. And, uh, at this time, Henry's 23, this is 1967, this is in the movie. You get the the guy that comes into the bar. He's talking to to Henry and Robert De Niro. It's the guy from mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber, the, the mob mobster guy in Dumb and Dumber, where he's sitting between <laughs> Harry and Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, my pills. It's that. That's his character in Goodfellas, and uh, yeah. they. It's the Air France heist. So I think in the documentary they say. This guy didn't want to play ball with the heist, so they he had a penchant for porn and hookers, and who doesn't, right? Uh, they they get oh, him right. a hooker, they get him drunk, they take the key from him, make a copy, and return the key. So now they're able to waltz into this uh, airport, JFK, uh, take a, all this money. They fit it in a in a suitcase or a duffel bag. Four hundred twenty thousand dollars. No alarms. No gunshots. Nobody injured. And they don't even realize till Monday when the thing opens up. Uh, it's believed that it was the Air France robbery that endeared Henry to the mafia. So at 23, he's been in since like 14, 13. But now he's kind of a guy that's in once he pulls this big job. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if, if nobody was going to get hurt, Isaac, and you could just walk into this thing, take the money. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody's shot, and you're stealing from a bank. Would you do it? Go um, on record. Say it on this podcast. <laughs> so they can play it back what, in court. What would uh the four hundred and eighty thousand dollars be with inflation? Because that I wouldn't do it for four hundred and eighty thousand dollars right now. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm I ran it through the the thing on the app here, and it says eighty two kajillion dollars in twenty twenty three dollars. So. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do it, and I'll I'll tell you why I wouldn't do it is that I cannot go to prison. That's just not your not your. I don't know that most people want to go, but are you afraid of being somebody's bitch? I'm afraid of every aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of the cell. I can't. I I I spent one evening, like a twenty four hour period in a youth detention center when I was like mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. and I knew right then, like I, Oh no, I, I'm not built for this. It was, was terrible. That, was that because you got caught stealing tire or buying tires with a stolen credit card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, mine was dumber. I, I got caught. I had weed at school. Oh yeah. That's which, you know how, you know how they found out I had weed at school, Brent. Let me explain to you uh, because I was carrying it in my wallet. I don't know why my wallet is where I was carrying it, but also in my wallet, I had a like, uh, you know, like, like when you tear a nudie picture out of a magazine and then fold it a thousand times and it's got mm-hmm. all like the white, like cracks all over it. You can't even really see yeah. the image. I had a picture of uh, Ron Jeremy 
Okay. As now the we're last talking. Man standing. Yeah, on a lineup against a wall, a bunch of dudes on a lineup against the wall, and then a woman with knee pads who was working her way down the line eating all of their asses is what I, I had this picture in my <laughs> wallet. And in class, in English class, I showed this picture to one of my friends. <laughs> and then the teacher's like, hey, what are you guys doing? And I'm nothing. like, nothing. And then she, <laughs> like, it's obviously not nothing. And we wouldn't show her what it was or tell mm. her. So she sent us to the principal's office. And then he was like, okay, so what's the deal? And I was like, that's eh, this. And I gave him the picture. And he's like, okay, I see why you didn't want to show this. He's like, <laughs> this is not just, even just good to... porn. <laughs> yeah. He's like, just to be sure, we just like empty out your pockets. And then, then I ended up getting picked up by a cop. Uh, but they were mean to me. Can you imagine this? They were mean to me at the youth detention center. The the police that worked there weren't nice to me while I was there. I I can't and imagine. I was that. offended by this. You I, didn't I like was being deeply treated. offended that they were yeah. being rude to me, <laughs> sir. And then the please. worst part. Yeah, they made me carry my cot through like the lunchroom where all the the. They're not inmates because they're children, but new whatever fish, they're called, the residents. New blood. Yeah, they did. They did. And which, I mean, look, they know what they're doing. Like, they mm -hmm. paraded me through, and I got stared down by kids with mustaches and watches and mm -hmm. hair on their arms. <laughs> there was some and I was one like, oh, person I don't like getting a blowjob at the end of a table, much like in Goodfellas, <laughs> and then somebody changing a baby yeah. at the same table. Yeah, and I was like, man, because I'm a little dude, and I was like a small kid. I, I've always been like kind of scrappy, but not scrappy enough for like, not I'm I'm scrappy enough for somebody who is small to medium size mm -hmm. and doesn't know how to fight. But if someone's bigger than me and also meaner than me, then I'm kind of fucked, you know. And I don't like losing fights. I know I'm not that type of guy. I'll fight somebody I can win. Sure. <laughs> you you would <laughs> what after the fight, what people would say about you, I imagine is, man, I really respect him for getting his ass kicked the way he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it always, takes uh, a lot of balls to get your ass kicked that way. I always say the line that I've, I've never lost a fight that I didn't run away from. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not getting my ass kicked. I like I I don't have it in me. That's another thing I learned early on, like wanting to be a tough guy, and then realizing that I didn't have that gene to like take an ass whipping. Yeah, well, it's it's that uh, Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold. Absolutely, him. absolutely. But I spent a night in a a locked room on a shitty bed where like the woman who brought me my food kept yelling at me to flush my toilet because it smelled like piss in there, but like I hadn't pissed and I. And even though like I was all like traumatized at the moment, I still knew is like, oh, that's just the thing she's doing to fuck with me. Like, there's no pissing in here. She's just being a bitch to me to make yeah. my stay bad so that I don't want to come back, which I get. It's mm -hmm. fine. But I knew, no, this isn't for me. So if I could avoid going to prison uh, for any way, like if I had to rat on all of my childhood friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> I would do it. And I know I would do it. So I will refrain from putting myself in a willingly in a position that has me potentially facing prison time. I don't want to go to jail for the night. I could handle like a night in the drunk tank if I had to, but I don't mm. want to go to jail. I don't want to be wrongfully accused and have to sit in jail for two months while uh, my trial is coming up. I'm not built for that shit. So no, I would mm. not pull the air France heist. You, uh, you like solitaire checkers, but not that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And sharpening I talk toothbrushes. too much, man. <laughs> I can't run these run this shit. I talk too much. Uh let's let's talk about Billy Bats. Uh and if you're if you don't remember Billy Bats, it's the get your fucking shine box guy. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. I don't know if I choose no more. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't, I don't, You've I don't been away. I told you. I don't know if you got the <laughs> newsletter. Uh Billy Bats, uh with his heist money, Henry buys this restaurant called the Sweet. And wouldn't you know it, he's trying to get out. He's trying to get away from the mob, <laughs> go legit. Uh, but he said they were always there, all these mobsters. Uh, William <laughs> Billy Bats, uh, 
Ben Ben Vina, I think, uh, was released from prison in 1970. By the way, I looked it up. He went away for nar- narcotics trafficking, sentenced to 15 years, served eight. Uh, they had a welcome home party uh, thrown for him at Roberts Lounge, which was owned by uh, De Niro, D- uh, Jimmy Burke. Uh, Hill stated that Billy Bat saw De Simone uh, Joe Pesci jokingly asked him if he s- still shines shoes. And uh, when Tommy said he, he perceived that as an insult, he leaned over to Henry Hill and Jimmy Burke and he said, I'm going to kill that fuck. <laughs> now, th- now we fast forward to two weeks later. So this is where the movie's different. This in the movie, it happens all in one night. Real yeah. life, two weeks later, uh, Billy Bats is at the suite. That's Henry's restaurant near closing time. Uh, and Tommy pistol whips him. Uh, Hill said that before... Uh, Tommy started uh, to beat uh, uh, Billy Bats. Uh, De Simone yelled, "Shine these fucking shoes!" <laughs> so, like he held the grudge for two weeks. Yeah, uh, and th- that you, should have been in the movie. Why wouldn't that line be in the movie? Shine these fucking shoes! In the movie, you did point out that for some reason the gun falls apart. Yeah, that's because he pistol whipped them so hard that the gun broke damn yeah yeah uh the rest uh, pretty much happened uh, the way it happened in goodfellas the only difference was that they uh dug the body up the book uh that the movie's based on said that they put the body in a car crusher but on a goodfellas uh the the commentary henry said said that they buried the body in the basement of robert's lounge yeah so i just don't know i mean it that'd be a good place to bury a body unless they search your it's like it's great until they decide to search the building um it's a bad place to bury the body if you're the guy who killed him yeah if yeah it's unless you're gonna like do the john wick <laughs> thing where you like dig up the concrete and bury the guy in the concrete which they they did that on the sopranos too they did a killing like that so yeah, uh, I, I think you you it's if it's your brother-in-law's restaurant, <laughs> then fine. But like not you can't kill a guy and bury him in your restaurant. Yeah, your name's on the lease. That's not good, you know. <laughs> uh now Henry gets arrested for selling drugs, and it went pretty much how how it happened in the movie. He's out on bail after he's told don't sell the drugs. Uh Jimmy wanted to he wanted to whack him. Uh, he's going to whack everybody, but he was going to whack, uh, uh, Henry. And so he goes in the witness protection program. Uh, Hill testified against his former associates. He led to that 50 people got convictions off of Henry Hill's testimony. And they said in that documentary, he's like just telling them stuff. And they realized they've got way more accusations and charges than they thought they had. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, Henry Hill, his wife and their two children, they're named Greg and Gina, uh, entered, uh, you know, the, those, uh, Italian names, Greg, Greg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they entered the U S Marshals witness protection program in 1980. They changed their names, moved around a bunch of places, Seattle, Cincinnati, Omaha, uh, Butte, Montana and independence, Kentucky. Jimmy was uh, given 12 years in prison from 78 to, to 79 for the Boston College point shaving scandal. They just touch on that a little bit in the movie, but they go into it more in the yeah. documentary. Yeah. What about his brother in the wheelchair? It's like everybody leaves and then you're like, oh, yeah, sorry, Henry, don't live here no more. We're cool, yeah. right? Keep stirring the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, you still there stirring the gravy to this the day. Sun- Sunday gravy. <laughs> Um, it, that but which that part of Goodfellas is, is so great that like he has all these stresses about his like million dollar cocaine business, but also getting that dinner ready is like <laughs> just as stressful for him. <laughs> I I like that he's like putting the the meat in the flour and then putting it in the pan and then just yeah. wipes his hands on a towel after he just touched raw meat, <laughs> like <laughs> wash your goddamn hands. That's raw. Yeah, no meat. time. No. No time. Yeah, go kiss your sweaty girlfriend and get some coke. 
I do. There's that scene in Goodfellas where she's like, aren't you going to stay? And he's like, yeah, baby, I'll stay. And then he's like, is it all packed up? She's like, yeah. And then he runs out of that room laughing yeah. like, ah, like, <laughs> what do you think? You're just going to fuck me and leave? No. Uh, like he's even a shit, a piece of shit to like the woman he's cheating on his wife with. Yeah. Like, um, Burke was later sentenced to, to life in prison for the murder of a scam artist, uh, Richard Eaton. Burke died of cancer uh, in prison at the age of 64. Paul, Paulie, received four years for helping Henry obtain a no-show job. There's that thing that we just talked about. Uh, yep. Got him uh, paroled from uh, prison. Polly was also later sentenced to 10 years in prison for extortion of the air flight uh, companies uh, at JFK. He died of respiratory failure uh in uh, 1988 at 73 but here's here's the biggest crime Isaac that Henry Hill ever committed was his bigamy oh so in 81 huh he's he his name's now Martin Lewis not Martin and Lewis just Martin Lewis <laughs> yeah i know where they got that name though <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, we're gonna call you Burns and Carlin. Was his middle edition in <laughs> Martin and Lewis, which is a comedy duo back in the day. If people aren't aware, uh, he meets a woman <laughs> named Sherry Anders. After a whirlwind romance, they got married in Virginia City, Nevada. Despite Henry being married already, led to a breakdown in many areas of Hill's life. In '87, uh, he was uh, convicted of cocaine trafficking. In Seattle in 1990, Karen leaves him after 23 years of marriage. Also, that's 19 years after he married another woman while being <laughs> married to her. <laughs> uh, he's he's arrested for a lot of stuff, uh, taking drugs to the airport. Uh, he's uh, He's had meth on him, got arrested for that, broke the probation. All that stuff, and then he uh, he was a chef in a in a, a restaurant uh, where he he made his own spaghetti sauce called Sunday Gravy. It was uh, marketed over the internet. Would you buy some Henry Hill Sunday Gravy? Oh wow! I mean, probably I would, because if nothing else in that movie, it makes their dedication to their foods seem very noble and makes you wonder how that turns out. Like, I mean, is, is the garlic slice so thin that it's melting in the pan? Like could, I need to, I need to know. You could read the newspaper through it. That's how thin the garlic was. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Now, is this the same? Was he, I'm doing air quotes for the listeners. Is this the same place? He's a chef. Is it the sports <laughs> bar? <laughs> that's it's like, do I do I want like Jimmy or uh, Henry Hill's spaghetti sauce? What the, the label says that? Yes, yeah. but do I want it after Henry Hill made it himself? No. Wiping his hands on dirty towels, touching raw meat. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> like that's that you'd buy that for the display piece, but you don't actually eat it, you know. You think his sports bar manager's like, yo, Henry, you know, you get paid by the hour. You can't spend 45 <laughs> minutes slicing garlic with a razor blade. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, the, the the chicken fingers were still ice cold in the middle, but that garlic that he sliced on it, <laughs> it evaporates in the pan. Most uh, people come here for the buckets of Bud Light, or you can get this $75 plate of spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, with the the macaroni with the gravy. Uh, we didn't really talk about the Lufthansa heist. That's the big heist in the movie, where yeah. they uh the the big heist, and then Jimmy proceeds to whack everybody. After that, uh, and in, in, in this documentary, it's read on the news by Walter Cronkite. Oh yeah. Now, how much money was that? This uh, started out like three million, but it ended up after all was said and done, five million dollars in cash and a million dollars in jewelry. I might do that one. Okay, so that's what it takes us. <laughs> five million dollars. Do I do I have to get murdered afterwards? <laughs> because, well, if, uh, 
Only one didn't get murdered and he became a rat. So if you want to be Henry Hill, by all yeah. means. Because Do you think it, Henry's every time he comes out of the cooler at the restaurant, he's like, you know what I always think about when I'm in there? <laughs> uh, that guy from guess. the Simpsons. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like that in the documentary, they said that did happen. The guy hanging in the in the ice truck. Uh, yeah. 12 guys and one wife were dead three months after this heist and uh, uh, the wife's torso washed up on the beach. Like these guys are yeah. killers. And what I always wondered about this though, is that like, did they want to let the authorities and media know, Hey, this is all, all the guys that were involved in that heist. The ones yeah. that have all been, publicly murdered and left to be found never trace any one of these murders back to me yeah never never <laughs> like yeah don't look up who his associates are <laughs> you think you just bury him in a basement of the lounge you know i don't know where he went yeah disappear him like make it look like a carjacking like what what is the deal here why are you putting guys in meat trucks so that like some poor truck driver has to find them and then have media outlets come and take photos of it wouldn't it be great if there was like a rocky goodfellas crossover and rocky's just boxing that frozen guy <laughs> in the... the guy from the simpsons <laughs> uh, and in the movie isn't it it's like samuel L. jackson's fault Stacks. It's like he partly, yeah he, yeah he leaves the truck where someone finds it yeah, that was the whole thing is he didn't get rid of the van and they found the van. And of course, oh, Stax knows these guys. And it's and it's yeah. also, I think, one of those things of you give a guy's bunch of money that don't typically have money. They start to flex on people. They got mm -hmm. the pink Cadillac. They got the mink coats. And yeah. it's, it's one of those where it's like, I mean, yeah, we just got five million dollars, but can I not buy some cool shit? But I also get it. You got to hide it. It's like. Yeah, you, you got yeah. all this money, but what's what good is it really? Yeah, you got to really spread that out over some time. But again, you're talking about idiots. You're talking about idiots, and that's mm -hmm. why it doesn't work out. Like, they can't help but explode. It's like, first thing first, like, just go buy, like, get a nice couch, and then pay in yeah, cash. Yeah, stuff that doesn't you know? leave your house, you know? Yeah, and just, like, take it easy. I always think about when uh, the first house that I lived in after moving out of my parents, I lived in Muncie, Indiana, right by Ball State University, and this guy that lived down the street from me had this, like, brand-new Escalade with, like, spinning rims mm -hmm. and, like, a really, you know, loud, nice sound system. Mm -hmm. But then he lived in a rental, like, duplex. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, you. How can you scream? I'm a drug dealer. Yeah, the the priorities. And did, <laughs> did did you know that he was a like he was a legitimate drug dealer? You find I, out. I I mean I I knew it was the, the, based he had off all of the that, but then of it, yeah, then uh, within you know uh, some time of being neighbors and stuff like that was verified. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you got to be Mike from Breaking Bad who kind of drives a shit car. Yes. And it keeps the low profile, but really never has to work. It's like you don't yeah. have to show your money. Just have the money. Yes. You know? Yeah. And it's like if you were able to get a car, whatever you did to get that car, you could do the same thing to like make a down payment on a house. Why are you renting? Own yeah. some property. If you're going to like if you've got any amount of money, own some property. Mm hmm. But I, I do that same shit. I don't have health insurance, Isaac, but I have a big, big ass TV. <laughs> you know, well, like the but I'll say this because I, I I have I have health insurance through my wife. Yeah. But I don't have life insurance and I've got two kids. I need to get life insurance right now. I've always had it through an employer and I don't have I'm mm -hmm. self employed now, so I haven't put that together. But that TV, that's only two months of health insurance that's true and i do watch so, a lot of scrubs so like I, yeah let's make this all about health care in america <laughs> actually now because i think we just stumbled upon a real issue here yeah it's just i i don't want to pay to get my teeth fixed but i know man 4k look at that yeah this is 
yeah i this is very much about like like how it, it's like so much more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat like garbage oh for sure because that salad goes bad in two days but that twinkie it, stays good forever yeah it's like you know these societal pressures weigh down on us brent and we have no other choice but to join up with the mafia you gotta buy an escalator. <laughs> if we want to get ahead in this what world you gotta do? <laughs> 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 yeah, it is where it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I rent, but also I got a, a hundred thousand dollar Cadillac. Yeah. Like you yep. live in a house, you drive a house essentially. Yeah. But I can't, if like, I mean, I don't know how many people are involved in the heist, but we got like almost $6 million or we got $6 million. We're each getting like, I don't know, $700,000, even $500,000. If you get, and that's in what, 1980, well, yeah, it? whatever it was, so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You give me five hundred thousand dollars right now. I'm not gonna say, oh, that's like five years of work. Well, for me, that's like twenty five years of work. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna be like, okay, yeah, let's make this last. I'm gonna be like, oh god, I guess I can. I'm not paying off my student loan. I know that. That's yeah. Not, that's, that's not on the top of the priority. <laughs> that's like you, you know, you can't give certain people money because you know they'll just be dead in in two weeks. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, I got all this money. Why wouldn't I spend it yeah. and live? And that, but it's that mentality. Some people are always going to be broke, you know. Yep. Yeah, I think a, a, most of us are guilty of that kind of stuff. Where it's like, it does. If I start making one thousand dollars a month more than I was making the month before, mm-hmm. I will just raise my monthly budget by a thousand dollars. It will uh, no improvement of life. There will just be. <laughs> an extra thousand i will have 10 other uh subscription tv services Mm -hmm. and and i always think of like they had that the heist they they got essentially six million dollars and it rather than whack everybody if i was jimmy i would just leave like yeah i got i got money i'm gonna go live in a foreign country you're never gonna see me again i'm out i did the one last job I think that's because these, again, they're not smart and they're they're like addicts, whether they're drug addicts or whatever it is. It's this like dopamine adrenaline thing of like, I did this, I got away with it. And they never think this is the big one. It's time to retire. Mm-hmm. It's always like, no, then the next one's going to be even bigger. Yeah. Because their I lifestyle mean, too. Their lifestyle is insane the way they just spend money. You saw bucking everybody. You can't be saw bucking. <laughs> Expect to have money later. Yeah, that's so much money to have. Like, did these guys get their money before they got killed? Yeah, I guess they were spending it. Yeah, so they got their money. So Jimmy's just killing people to protect himself from going to prison. Yeah, I'd. I'd come Where's the in money the next to go? Day these looking have? so raggedy and shitty. Like I didn't buy <laughs> anything. I sold. I went to Plato's closet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. Hey Jimmy. I got shit, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Jimmy, nothing. you take half. <laughs> Just let me live. Um, that's pretty much all the notes I have, all the stuff on the documentary. I mean, any anything else that stood out to you, Isaac? No, I wanted to add, is Henry still alive? Let me uh let me look because that's crazy if Henry Hill outlived Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> uh he died in 2012. Oh, okay. Six years after that documentary, so I guess we didn't miss a whole lot. No. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, he. I guess he died in L.A. Is what it's what this says right here. So. Um. Uh, I bet he came out here and tried to like do like, because 2012. I bet he was like trying to get in the podcast shit and like trying to do the Sammy the Bull move and like capitalize on his name. Because what happens after you violate your probation when you're on? in witness protection eventually there's going to be like all right fuck you no more aliases like you're eventually they were done yeah they couldn't yeah protect them anymore just go do your thing now if i were a mafia hitman i tell you how i would get henry hill first thing i would order some spaghetti sauce (laughs) 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 then i would look at the address (laughs) you know he doesn't have a p.o box (laughs) it's just uh it's whatever sports bar he's shipping out of you know, his, uh, where he's the chef, that if they're ever like, hey, guy at table two wants to compliment you, he really loves the spaghetti, he wanted to talk to the chef, and he's like, 
does he have a New York accent? I will not be going out to speak to that gentleman. <laughs> Tell him I left. Um, oh, we didn't talk about Tommy uh, DeSimone, Joe, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently they toned him down for the movie. Uh, Billy Bats. <laughs> Which he that's says, hilarious. Like, he, this guy's a psycho. <laughs> Uh, the, he was he a little guy, or was that just casting because he loves Joe Pesci? I think he was littler than the actual guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. over an ongoing turf war, the Shylock business, Jimmy took it over and had to kill him. He was going to kill Tommy, or no, it was it was Billy Bats. So Billy Bats tried to come in, take his turf back after being out of prison. And yeah, with any you watch the Soprano, any mafia thing, you don't rat on your friends. You do your time and you get out. And what happens? The new crew doesn't want the old crew coming back in. So yeah. you're going to get whacked. You're going to get treated like shit anyway. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I, I thought in the documentary they had said that there was other motivation to that murder than just an insult. Yeah, and I he had the the Shylock business, and uh, you know people don't know what that means. He's like a loan shark type thing. Yeah, don't it's you a, feel gross saying that word? Like, like I know that that's the term they use, but every time I say it, I'm like, I feel like this is like racist. It's like a Jewish term, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's like a Shakespeare thing, right? I, I it's Isn't like that... when if you call somebody a Jew, as opposed to say he's Jewish, yeah. <laughs> but it's like yes, it's technically exactly. yes, he is a Jew, but. It, but it's like I think Louis C.K. had a bit where he's like, "Hey Jews!" Like it's it's with that <laughs> yeah. when you say it that way, it sounds harsh. I think it's our Midwestern accents too. There's something about that that makes some words not sound polite. The Shylock business, it. yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, that sounds like, harsher. I, I always, uh, I might have said this on this podcast before, but a word that I've loved forever and I've always played with. I, I've never been able to get like a real good comedy bit out of it, but mm. is the word clamato that I think it sounds like a racial slur. What is, what is that? What clamato? It's like what that, is that clam tomato sauce. Oh, okay. Clamato sauce. But like, <laughs> be like, yeah, I, I don't like it. I heard she dates clamatos. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have a, like a, those words where you hear it like puddle jumper is one. <laughs> Or, which is just like a little tiny plane, but you're like, if you said I'm tired of these goddamn puddle jumpers coming over here, yeah. taking our jobs, it's full of puddle jumpers. These clamatos coming in, like that. It's like it's not racist, but it sounds racist, and when you say it in a certain way, it's just funny. <laughs> What's so funny is that coming from the Midwest, and ha but after I lived in New York for two years, that my racist guy voice is no longer a redneck. It's uh -huh. a Brooklynite. <laughs> and I don't mean fucking nothing by it. You know, it's just the guy's a Jew. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Uh... <laughs> I worked with a guy. His name was Fabrizio. And I worked okay. with him at a pizza place in Brooklyn. And one time he told me that he doesn't like to take the subway. And he's like, ah, you know, I don't like to take the subway because like you go down there and there's like a bunch of black guys and they want to kick your ass and everything. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? What did you say? <laughs> is, is that your experience every time? You've taken you've grown your up your entire life here. Yeah. They're just waiting. Every time on you go you. to the subway, there's black guys and they want to kick your ass and everything. Yeah. You know how it is. They it's it's very much like the movie uh The Warriors. Some of them are on roller skates, I'll paint it up <laughs> yeah. and Yeah, they just want to <laughs> kick your ass. You know, the guys, they all got the face painted like baseball, so they want to kick your ass and everything. <laughs> you know, some they do, you know, they dress like the from the Wizard of Oz. You know, you know how they do it. Uh, oh, uh, man, that guy. I got I got some Fabrizio stories for another time. He was a great guy. One time, though, uh, I asked him to do something for me at the restaurant, and he goes, yeah, sure thing. I'll do that for you, my friend. My best friend. <laughs> he said that? <laughs> my yeah, friend? and then it was like a, like a long pause, and I was just like... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that that's like, uh, yeah, I'll do that for you, my friend. But my my friend doesn't mean my. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna catch you in the back with an ice pick. That's what I'm gonna do to you, my friend. I got into a, a Facebook argument with a fellow comic one time. I won't say his name because we we hashed out and it was fine. 
but he's a fellow hot tempered man mm -hmm. and we didn't really know each other. And we got into like a little bit of a spat on mm -hmm. a message board type thing. And I said in one of my responses, I was like, listen, friend, like we can blah, blah, blah. And he took such offense to me calling him friend. Yeah. That he like switched to DMs and was like cut like he was in like wanting to meet up for fist fight mode over it. Yeah. And I I like it threw me off because I was like, I've never encountered somebody where that would be something that would set them off. Was it Fabrizio that said that? <laughs> you know, I Listen, call you, you friend. You, you don't friend? call me friend. Best friend. <laughs> that sure thing, best friend. You still stay in touch with stay in touch with Fabrizio? No, I don't. He he flipped out at the place and got fired, and that was the the end of Why'd it. Why would he flip out? What happened? Uh, it was actually after I stopped working there, but I heard about it afterward. Like he, well, he was a racist guy, yeah. and there were these two young Mexican brothers who like kind of became dueling managers after I left, mm -hmm. and he had a problem taking orders from immigrants. Okay. Not orders, but having immigrants that were bosses, which that was something that was hilarious is that uh, the the Brooklyn Italian thing is these this group of people who are so proud of being Italian. They're like mm -hmm. ninth generation in America, but they're Italian as fuck, but they also hate immigrants. I hate the people <laughs> that I'm also part of. And also you yeah, live in a city of all kinds of people. Yeah, like, but they were there first. Yeah, but you know they or, just hang, they they just hang down by the by the subway. They want to kick your ass, kick your ass and everything. But he got mad about these guys giving him instructions because he thought he should have been their boss or whatever, and it ended up like he wasn't right. I'll say that for real. For real, it wasn't right. Yeah, you he know, took his I, shirt off, I guess, and was like out throwing a tantrum in front of customers and carrying on. He also told me he always wore combat boots, and I was like aren't those like slippery on the floor in here? And he goes, well, you know, it's like you wear the work boots and it's like the, the good, the reliable, the hot, and they make you feel good. <laughs> Part of me wants to know this guy, but not at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, had to, I had to kick his ass a little bit and cut to, yeah, they dragged him behind a car. <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, I, now I'm just telling all the stories. He, uh, <laughs> I told him I had friends in town from Portland, Oregon, and he goes, now Portland, Oregon. Is that near Portland, Maine? <laughs> yes, they keep two two of the same cities by each other. You know how Louisville, Kentucky's right by Louisville, Indiana. Louisville like, number two, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, there's Louisville, yeah. then there's new Louisville, you know? And for a guy who was a, a terrified to ride the subway because guys wanted to kick his ass, I got a ride home from him once. And he, when he got in his car, he was one of those dudes that like all of a sudden became a tough guy when he was in the safety of his car on the highway, like oh, screaming at everybody and like this fucking guy. Look at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a I'm a tough guy in the car too. <laughs> and that, but don't don't breach the 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 window or that. Don't make me get out of the car because they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have dragged yeah, you behind my dad. the car. My dad is a like try to get the other guy in the other car to pull over and fight type of guy. Oh, okay. Like he's like his, his road rage is like intense. I am an incredibly passive driver for every other aspect of my personality. Mm -hmm. Well, you've driven in do... New York and Los Angeles. <laughs> like, yeah, I actually. Well, here's the thing: I never drove in New York because I didn't even get my license until I was 32 years old. So, like, I think that is why maybe I like more passive because mm -hmm. I'm just like, let's all just exist and be cool. Let's just get where we're going. But I do honk at people, and I do like if somebody does something fucked up, it's like I do want them to know about it. Yeah. But I do a lot of like just the hand gestures of like just like the what are you doing hand mm -hmm. gestures, not like middle fingers and stuff. I just am like you you realize you just fucked up, right? We're cool. Yeah. Hey, like, I just you don't almost hit killed me. me. I do, but, I, I, but I've done. I hit a pedestrian. That's fine. <laughs> I do like. I hit an uh, old lady. Uh, I know you told me that story, <laughs> but she was fine. Just so people yeah, she know. Fine. Yeah. She was um. Fine. But she, you know, she shouldn't have been running her yap like that. Uh, I do well, like. If you read the report, I did drag her behind the car. <laughs> yeah, I just i i whipped her ass a little bit, you know. It was um, a little tap. 
I do like you're you didn't get your license till 32, which in New York City, that's you could see you could get around New York no problem yeah. oh, without yeah. ever driving. You don't need You've one, lived yeah. in Indiana, not even yeah. in Indianapolis. You lived in Muncie, Indiana. You lived in yeah. towns smaller than that. I don't know how you did yeah. that for so long. Yeah, I was a burden to other people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let me get a ride real quick. Yeah, I also had a dog that I took everywhere with me. So <laughs> if you were giving me a ride when I was in my early 20s, then yeah. my 85 pound pit bull also <laughs> needed a ride. Yeah, he sheds a lot. Get in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I think man. we can. Yep, uh... All of this perfectly in line with this Henry Hill documentary. That's true. <laughs> uh, we, we can wrap it up on that. Uh, and uh, Isaac, you have an album out called Isaac Lanford Live at the White Rabbit Cabaret. You're also at the Yard Theater regularly in Los Angeles. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? At this point, I think like social media. I, I've been I've been posting more stuff online. So mm-hmm. it, it's Isaac Lanford. Uh, it's I'm sure written in this it's description down below of this in the episode. show notes. Yeah, and it's on every platform that it's just my name. And I've been yeah I've been putting a lot more stuff online. I'm doing some shows, but I don't know when this is coming out. Yeah, I so. don't either. So if you follow just, me on social media, then you would know those things too. Yeah. He Isaac has been here since the beginning of this podcast and you people, and I do mean you people owe it to him <laughs> to follow him on social media. Come on. You freaking Clamato is going to follow. <laughs> uh, Isaac, thanks for being on the show, man. Hopefully you don't get whacked. Thank you, Brent. It's the field trip podcast with Brent. Take the load off and listen soon.